Hello and welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, single track session number 95. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Eric Manning. Unfortunately, Joel Hatch had a last minute cancellation on me, so for the next little bit, you're just going to be hearing my voice. As always, I'll apologize up front. I know that's not what you tuned in for, but uh, the show must go on and we got a lot to cover. Uh, big past weekend in racing, so let's uh, jump right into it. Um, we hope everybody had an opportunity to listen to our last episode on Tuesday, episode number 117. We had Preston Wood on, who just came back from his first Western States 100. And if you recall, I think it was a few episodes ago, we had Preston on um, talking about his preparations uh, for Western States. Uh, up until that point, he'd only done 100-mile race, even though it was the Bear 100, which is a mighty, mighty, mighty tough one. Um, but we talked to him about his training, his goals, Got inside his head a little bit, um, so it was really nice to catch up after his his race uh, this past weekend, and uh, met his goal of sub twenty four. And you know, if you listen to the podcast, he he really had a good day, um, considering the heat. You know, kind of uh, the tough hundred, a little bit different than what he's used to on uh, being his second one hundred mile race. Um, he did a great job, finished with his goal. It was just a fun episode, and Preston's such a great guy. We just really appreciate him taking the time so quickly on the turnaround from getting back from Squaw and Auburn to, to jump on with us yahoos and, and go over that. So it was a fun podcast. If you get a chance, head back and listen to that one, episode 117 with Preston. And we'll just get right into it, and we'll start off with the big one, uh, Western States 100. Um, as everybody knows, uh, that was last weekend. And the darling of the race for the men's side did come away with the win and the course record. Uh, we'll kind of go real quick down the top ten for men and women and then get into a little, I guess, a few more specifics. But up front, I need to apologize. So I mistakenly the last couple of weeks talked about how Carl was going for the record. I said master's record, and it was the over 50 record he was going for. Uh, the Masters record is super stout, uh, like 15-ish hours or something like that. Um, he was going for the over 50 course record, which is still stout. It's 1843, so it's definitely the bar set pretty high there. Um, and he did not get that. Uh, he came in at 2052. Um, he even said he was just worked. Um, not just that course is just brutal. Mainly downhill, super hot, um, not really what everybody's used to seeing Carl do um, with all the mountain killing he does. Um, so I apologize. I gave you the Masters. He was going for the 50 and over. So Masters, as we know, is 40 and over. So he, he was a little bit off that one as well. Uh, but back to the results. Let's start with the ladies. Um, again, kind of favorite going into it um, with uh, all the drops and, and do not starts. Uh, Courtney DeWalter came away with uh, the women's victory in 1727, um, which is amazing. Um, super quick. Course record for the women's 1647, so she was a little bit off that, but not much, and especially considering the weather. I know somebody just published something, and if I can find it, I'll post in our show notes. Uh, somebody did like a... I don't know, history of the Western states and, you know, weather and everything else. And 2012, the year that both records were set for the men and women, was like an optimal race year weather-wise and probably snow-wise. And I think they were saying even Wamsley would have gone 30 or 40 minutes faster in 2012 based on those, that criteria. Again, we're talking numbers and spreadsheets and everything else, but just to give you an idea how hot it was and difficult it was out there. 
So Courtney was first. Second was uh, Caitlin Gerben, 1840. Third, Lucy Bartholomew, 1859. Uh, fourth, Amanda Basham, 1917. And Cecilia Flory in 1942. Uh, sixth place through ten is Stephanie Violet, Camelia Mayfield, Eliza Lapierre, Corrine Malcolm, and Kate Elliott. So that's the women's top ten. Um, and, and the crazy part, so me and Joel have been talking, okay? So we've been, all right, super stout field. We get it. A woman's going to crack top ten, right? And there was a point in this race where Courtney was running eighth, um, which is super insane, right, um, considering the field. And, again, we were pushing the whole way. Courtney ended up finishing 12th overall, so really close. But this is how close. So if she would have gone seven minutes faster, she would have been top ten. She'd gone 42 minutes faster, so course record pace, she would have finished fifth. So that's how close that top section was. I mean, the 10th place woman finished in 2004. Um, that's the 10th place woman, 20 hours. So it's super, super close on the times. Courtney almost cracked the top 10. And uh, again, it's I won't be surprised if it happens sooner than later, probably next year with somebody, depending on who all heads back, the weather conditions, everything else. But that's amazing. Um for the women and Courtney. Great race. Ladies, on the men's side, as we mentioned before, Jim Walmsley came away with the course record 14 hours, 30 minutes. Um, Timothy Olson, again, 2012, held it at 14.46. So Jim, you know, grabbed that by about 16 minutes. Second was Francois um, in 15.54. And uh, I think someone mentioned he said there's a lot of running for that race. He's, as we know, he's more of a mountain runner and what we mean by that is elevation more technical up and down the finishing second in 1554 uh, mark hammond here in utah uh second year finishing third but he bested his last year's time by like 40 minutes or something uh, he came in at 1608 fourth and fifth go to some wily veterans ian Sharman 1623 and jeff browning 1645 6 through 10, we had Kyle Pateri, Cody Reed, Charlie Ware, Paul Giblin, and Chris Brown. So crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, and again, 10th place for the men was 1720. Courtney came in 1727. So we were close. I'll take it as almost a top 10 and, you know, kind of getting close to nail on that. So crazy fast times, especially with the weather. If you have a chance to follow along, and let's stop real quick and give a huge, huge shout-out to um, – Brian and Megan and everybody at I Run Far, their team, for putting together the coverage for Western States. I know a lot of us were glued to our Twitter feeds, uh, kind of seeing how that race unfolded, um, pictures, everything. Just so great job. Thanks, Brian. Uh, thanks, Megan. And thanks your entire team there uh, at I Run Far, because I know it takes a village, right? And uh, you guys have such a great reach. Um, so thank you from all of us at Trail Manners um, for everything you did there. But, uh, yeah, crazy fast at Western States this year. Um, we did have a contest, and it was so close. Like, I'm going to announce the winner of the top five. And then the timing one, I'm going to wait for Joel to come back next week. So I do apologize because that was that's a tough one. So I don't know. We might end up giving out a few extra prizes for that um, because we kind of could have done a little bit better, I guess. Um but anyway, so the winner of picking the top five men and five women, as everybody knows, we had two contests. Top, pick your top five men, top five women, and then also the finish times. It was really tight. There's a lot of people that got five and six people right out of ten. 
Um, but we had two people get seven out of ten correct. Um, and the tiebreaker goes to whoever kind of got them in the correct order, whoever came closest. And the winner this year is Braden Lim. So his women, he had Courtney winning, Caitlin second, Stephanie, Amanda, and Fiona. So top five women, and he got Courtney, uh, Caitlin, and Amanda in the correct order. On the men's side, he had Francois, Jared Hayes, and Jeff Browning, Mark Hammond, Ian Sharman. So we got four out of the five men, um, which puts him at seven. And then his he didn't win the time-based one. Um and that was close as well. Man, you know what? He might. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll go back on this. But his time was 440, 14.40 for the men and 17 for the women. So he was off by 10 minutes, and he's off by 27 minutes on that one. Um, Kate Collins, she actually nailed the men's 14.30. Um, so she nailed that one right on the button. And I believe there was somebody else, Mary Lim, she did a 17.20 for the women, so that was pretty close. We'll come back with the times next week, so I apologize. We'll wait a week. But Braden Willem did win. Um, you know what? We'll, I'm just going to take care of it. So we'll do three prizes. Braden Lim, you won the top ten, right, five and five. So you get a prize, so email me your mailing address. And for the women's time, so we're going to give two awards. We're going to give three. So the women's time, Kate Collins, go ahead and email me, manners at trailmanners.com, your mailing address, because you nailed the women or the men's time, nailed it, 1430, um, and Jim Walmsley. So that was about as close as you're going to get. And then on the women's time, um, let me go back here and take a look at that. That one goes to, I think it goes to Christopher Fell. Um, I know Mary had 17.20, but it looks like Christopher Fell had women at 17.30, uh, so three minutes over. So, Christopher Fell, you're going to be the winner of the women's time. So, three winners, email me, manners at trailmanners.com. Your mailing address will get your prizes right out to you and uh, figure out what you get. Um, so, congratulations. And there was a lot of entries, a lot of close ones, like I said. Uh, me and Joel did okay, um, not the best. I think we got five each, if I remember correctly. Out of the top ten, so 50%, here we go. Yeah, I got five, so I got two in the men's, three in the women's, and Joel got five. He got three of the women's and two of the men, so close. We tied, so we have to give high fives. Uh, so that's it for the <clears throat> for the contest on that one, and we will be announcing next week, um, so be ready for next week's podcast episode, I don't know, single track, what are we on, they said. Uh, so 96, we're going to be doing our Hard Rock one, um, because if you have not heard, we'll skip ahead. Hard Rock has been confirmed. They are running this year. So um, we'll, we'll do a contest for the same thing, uh, top five, top five, and times. And we'll also do three prizes for this, and we'll announce that one right now. So be ready. Take a look at the list. We'll announce that contest next week to get that going so don't enter yet because we won't mark them down so next week um, be ready and we will start the hard rock contest so i don't know if there's many surprises at western um, for those of you out there and you feel free to comment um, on the podcast um, but i'm not sure like surprises like when i look at it i'm really not surprised jim won i did not have him winning and i said that before i'm proud and super happy for him he obviously deserved it if you win um, and congratulations for sure. But I don't know. Surprise-wise, um, I guess you could say, well, I didn't know Ian and Jeff would finish that high. But you kind of do in a way. You know, I wouldn't put anything by those guys. Uh, smart, ran a smart race. 
Women's side, kind of the same thing. We had some first-time 100-milers. I think Lucy was her first 100, and she finished third. Uh, but she's such an amazing athlete and runner. So surprise-wise, I'm not sure for me if there was a lot of surprises. Um, I think there was a pretty low – me and Jill had this conversation. There was a pretty low DNF rate on the – I guess we all talk about it. We call elite runners or name runners that you think will do well. Um, seems like in the past there's some that drop, um, some big names. This year wasn't really prominent. There wasn't really a lot. They gutted it out. Even the ones that you thought would go, you know, super fast, maybe top five, top ten, that didn't end up there. Um, and you know, to kind of go through that list a little bit. Um, for men and women, um, I think Eric Sensman coming in in 23 hours at 57th place. Not a lot of people would have thought that. Um, you know, Florian, he started off strong. He finished in 20:22, 25th. Still some solid times. Tim Frerichs, 18:06. Um, Zach Bitter took 11, 17:26. But I don't know if there was a lot uh, of people that dropped. I think there was uh, Diedrich from Norway. Um, Devin Olson, that's the only ones <clears throat> I can think of. And then a late scratch that we didn't talk about last week was Jared Hazen, which kind of threw some people's predictions off. And on the women's side, um, yeah, Roxanne Woodhouse. But other than that, you know, Cat Bradley and Camille did not start. Um, but the women's had, it was a solid race um, all the way from top to bottom. Casey coming back from her injury. Casey Lichtig came at 12th in 2048. Um, some other favorites. Uh, Alyssa McDonald from Canada, 13th at 2059. Um, Amy Blackham from Utah, such a smart, crazy good 100-mile runner. She finished in 27 hours. Congratulations there. But just uh, overall, I think it was a good good day. Sure uh, had a lot of people following it this year uh, for Western States. And I guess another thing people really started talking about was Jim didn't have his trademark hole-cut shirt um, that he likes to do. Um, so that... Uh, Maybe that's what it was, changing his, his luck up a little bit so he could win that sucker. So now it's curious, what's next for Jim? Uh, he's He's got the course record at Western, which everybody's been talking about for a couple of years now. Um, so it's kind of be interesting to see what he does next or what he puts next on his list of, I know, challenges or things to, to go for. And then, again, top ten, I believe, get invited back to Western. So we'll see what next year's looks like. But uh, as far as a Trail Manners podcast, we're moving on. It's uh one of our favorite races, we're, we're mountain dudes. Um, we're looking forward to Hard Rock this year. So a few other races this weekend, um, to not to be lost in the quagmire of everything else that's going on. Uh, we had the San Juan Solstice, which is over near the Hard Rock area. Um, you know, big race over there. Um, ran that one, I don't know, a few years ago. It's been a while. Um, that sucker's tough, man. You get, It's like a baby Hard Rock is what a lot of people refer to it as, kind of the same mountain range area. Um, tough tough race. Um, pretty challenging, obviously. Um, you get up in some altitude. Um, let me find my results here for that one. I skipped ahead because I was going to talk about Hayden Hawks. See, when Joel's not here, it throws me out of whack. I don't have time to pause and let him take the wheel, so to say. So I think in the next... We're going to find some guest people. If Joe can't make it, I'm going to invite someone on, kind of bounce ideas off or, or whatever, someone funny. But, uh, yeah, San Juan Solstice, women's winner was uh, Carrie, and I never get her name right, B-R-U-X-V-O-O-R-T, Brooksport. I don't know. I'm always screwing up names. We know that. 1030. Um, on the men's side, it was uh, Chris Price coming away with the win in 833, and that was for San Juan. And then our friend Hayden Hawks, he was uh, – 
outside the States at the Lavaretto Ultra Trail. And it looks like he, man, if you see some finish line photos of that, he was worked. He was like stumbling and fumbling and passing out. But uh, he finished in 12-16, came away with the win there. And then Kelly Wolf won for the for the ladies. Um, so there's a couple races. We also had the Black Hills 100 this past weekend. Um up in South Dakota, which is another one. They do a great job up there. Um, you can check out their race results. There's been just a lot of races, and since Joel's not here, we won't tap into too many of them. Um, and I don't know how many people really care, to be honest with you. Um, let's face it. Um, but we'll keep moving forward. So me and Joel are running the Twisted Fork 60K um, in a couple days. It's Saturday. And suffice to say, neither of us are, are prepared to go out and have a stellar day. Um, you know, 60K, so we'll be talking 40-ish miles of mountain running. And I know that we're probably both not there, but it's a great tune-up as, as we go through the year. So hopefully it'll just be, you know, around a 10-hour day. Um, for us, anyway, we'll see how the legs hold out. Neither one of us are, as Joel likes to say, we're kind of janky right now. Um, we're not feeling the, the good the goods going on. We had a good taper-up weekend last weekend. Uh, but the course looks great. And I really got to tip my hat. There's some cool stuff going on. So if you're not running, keep an eye on this. If you are running, um, this is pretty cool. So our buddy Canis Hart is the race director at Park City Run Company. And one of the things he's doing that I think is really cool is he's doing race check-in, obviously, uh, Friday, right? So the night before the race, you go check-in. Um, they're doing custom bibs, and they're taking your photo, just kind of like, you know, the big westerns and everybody else does. But the cool thing I think they're doing is they have some custom um, race shirts, right? So, and the cool thing, you show up, you get your size, so you can try them on, see what's going to fit you best. Um, I don't know the design or anything yet, but they'll go ahead, once you pick your size, they're going to go ahead and sublimate and not screen print. And there's a huge difference if you know what I'm talking about. Sublimate's just right in the fabric. When you screen print, sometimes you get that heavy ink feel. Um, and they're going to put your bib number on your sleeve. So you don't have to wear a bib, and they're going to put your name on the back. Um, I don't know, first, last, whatever, um, or where it's located, but it's kind of a custom race shirt, so you can wear it the next day and not wear a bib. And I think that's super cool. And even as a training shirt, like it could, I'm guessing it'll be some like tech material, you could wear it on a training run. Um, I don't know, this kind of a cool concept, neat idea that Canis is doing that I don't really see a lot of. Um, I know finishers, you know, some races will do that, like Leadville's and other places will do your finishing time on it or whatever, but this is a cool concept, so we'll see how that goes. But race weather should be good uh, for guys like me and Joel. We like our weather not hot, and this looks like maybe it's going to be 70s, um, maybe upper 70s tops, and that's the heat of the day. Um, so being at higher elevation up in Park City, hopefully it's going to be nice and cool and we won't get too, you know, too hot, too overworked have any issues there because you know me no like the heat um let's see what else we got so that's going on as i mentioned before um for hard rock that is a go um last i looked um the fire is only 37 percent contained and here's some crazy stuff it's 35,000 acres so from our last podcast it hasn't increased much as far as how much it's engulfed but they also have on the website for the forest service an estimated containment date and that is July 31st. That's just crazy to me. That's a month away, and it's already been going for nearly a month. So, man, I'll I'll, I'll respect and, and thoughts going out to everybody that's fighting that and all the fires across the country. I know that there's more popping up now. There's some in Utah. There's some in California. 
um, that I just recently saw. So, you know, people out there, as we said last week, please be smart, be safe, and, um, you know, hats off, and thank you so much to everybody that's fighting that those fires and trying to keep everything to a minimum, and I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate y'all. Um, I've known some friends that are smoke jumpers in the past, and what a job they do. Holy cow. Um, crazy. And just load up on squirrels, not butter, please. And uh, I think maybe you'll be okay with the sweaty and the chafiness, if you know what I mean. Um, all right, what do we got? Yeah, July's here, so um, July's right around the corner, and I know it's it starts again to get a busy month. You know, we got hard rock going on. You know, Joel and I have some races. I'll be at the Beaverhead, um, headed down to Hard Rock myself. Palisades race is coming up, um, and I can't stress enough. Me and Joel had a conversation on our last run of what these this group is doing. Um, first year race and big, you know, hundred mile, fifty mile, marathon, half marathon, all the distances, super remote. Um, but I don't know if I've seen a race do as good a job. Um, not just promoting the race, but just answering questions, um, taking care of all the logistics, the small things, and making it a runner's experience. And obviously, we haven't had a race yet. We don't know the full experience, um, but just knowing the people involved and everything they've done, uh, I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to this one. So um, that'll be a busy um, July, and then August, we'll we'll get to that when we get there. Uh, but I want to throw out a couple things. So I know a lot of you listen to the podcast or running the Beaverhead. What I would like to do, because I'll be up there and I'll have my daughter with me, um, but I would like to maybe get together on Friday um, with somebody or a couple people. So if you're interested, if you're going to be there, you have a little time on Friday, uh, email me, manners at trailmanners.com. It'd be fun to sit around and do a podcast with uh, whoever's there. Maybe it's Eric or Josh or just a few names that I know. I know Gar's going to be there, Natalie, a few names. But do like a little roundtable and just talk about the race, talk about the training, and just talk. Just talk. Um, so if you're interested in doing a little roundtable podcast with me at Beaverhead, again, uh, message me, manners at trailmanners.com. And same with putts when I'm at Palisades and Hard Rock. I'll be down there. Um, so I'll bring all the stuff. So if you want to sit down, if you want to chat, if you want to do a roundtable, if there's a topic you want to cover, even if it's just about you, um, I, I think it'd be a lot of fun. So any of those events, Beaverhead, Hard Rock or Palisades, um, let me know. And it looks like I'll be outdoor retailers in July. So if you're going to be outdoor retailers in Denver, hit me up. Sure would like to meet up with somebody and maybe do a show there. So I'm basically going to be gone all the month of July. So we'll see what happens. You might hear my voice solo a few times for the podcast. And again, I will apologize for that. But uh, Or maybe we have some guests through these events. So any of those things, if you're interested in sitting down with me, chatting a little bit, let me know. Um, And as we mentioned before, the U.S. Trail Running Conference. Okay, so that's coming up, and that's going to be August uh, 29th through 31st. We'll have a link in our show notes so you can check it out. More speakers are being added to that, and that's for race directors, and it's for trail runners. It's in San Luis Obispo, California. Uh, This is its sixth year. Uh, but it's a really cool event. Um, I may be down there still. So if you're going to be down there, shoot me an email. Um, maybe it'll help talk me into going down because I think it's a, a really cool idea because they do have the Slow Ultra the next day, the San Luis Obispo. And right now they've got promotions going um, through us, um, through our website. Um, you can get kind of a, oh, I don't know, a little discount on stuff. So 
check that out. You get 25% off the race. Uh, there's a few other things. That's USTrailRunningConference.com. And then a few weeks ago, we did have uh, our podcast, um, and we kind of focused on the race, uh, or excuse me, the event and the race. Um, so you can check that out. But if you're going to be down there, let me know. Seems like a really cool event. Um, if it's a focus for race directors, uh, expanding your race registration so that what they're trying to reach out to is how do we get more, uh, you know, inner city, uh, you know, women, all these different groups. It's not predominant to what we see through our races. How do we tap into get more people out, more diverse? Um, and I think it's a really good idea. You know, some people that are, you know, physically challenged, um, all kinds of stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes just creating opportunities. Um, it's a conference for race directors, trail runners, and trail-related sponsors and exhibitors. So there's that. It's a unique opportunity to connect and network with other race directors, which we love to do, me and Joel. So if you're going to be down there, let me know because uh, I still might swing down there. Turtle Miller might come down. Um, little birdie told me I was getting my tattoo worked on yesterday, and he called me, left me a voicemail, and he might be interested. And if Turtle goes, I might go because, you know, any travel trip with Turtle you know is going to be something you don't want on video for sure um and maybe very limited photos and if i did go with turtle there would definitely be a a wardrobe check before we left like i'd have to go through his suitcase to make sure he was packing the correct gear and not stuff that he shouldn't be wearing in front of me you know what i'm talking about everybody and turtle so um so yeah hopefully uh, we'll see some people down there um Let's see. Let's move around a little bit here. Um, Woody Footies. Um, let me do. Let me do uh, Strava because it was my week for Woody Footies, and I'm stalling because there's some good ones. So Strava week. Uh, Dee Dee uh, Beaterbeck, 162.3 in miles. Runtime. Dee Dee Beaterbeck in 42.17 in climbing. We go back to Aaron Hill, 23.911. So Aaron's out there just cranking out some crazy vert like normal. She's probably Aaron, I'm interested to know what your your total is right now, and we're in June. It's probably all of 2016, 17, and 18 combined for me, um, but I'd love to see what that is. All right, so over to Woody Footies. So this week was extremely difficult. Some previous winners actually put some money in. Uh, Eric Faree had a great one of a, a little raccoon at the uh, Mason Dixon Longest Day 100K. Um, it's in Maryland, PA, and, and PA, excuse me, um, along the river. And I'm not pronouncing that river, Eric, because I would slaughter that. Let's try uh, Susquehanna River. Uh, looks like some ferns, some nice, some nice greenery, and a little cute. And we know raccoons are cute, but we also know they're mean as hell. There's a raccoon kind of poking his head through, which is pretty cool. And our good buddy, Simon Hodgson, is back. Um, posted a great picture, just like we like to see um, the Bondi, Kugi area. Um, looks like he's been dealing with some IT bands, some abductor issues. Uh, we're happy to have you back, and we missed you, buddy. Um, Jeff Fulmer, Devil Staircase. Um, crazy, crazy cool. Um, it's in Wyoming. Um, let's scoop around. Uh, Corey Wolf had a great one on his birth, um, on Adam's birthday. His, you know, they posted a picture by the um, Flag Rock here in Utah with the American flag. Super cool. Uh, Jeremy Smith, 21 miles in Mosquito Creek along the Palisades course. And I'm telling you, folks, that looks crazy good. Uh, Garrick Aarons in uh, Desolation South Lake Tahoe above Emerald Bay. Lee Moss had a great one. Uh, Christopher Pack, San Juan Solstice 50, his first 50. Great job, Christopher. 
Um, can't wait to hear. I'd love to hear about that, actually, your first one, because that's, uh, that's a tough one to begin with. Uh, Neil Branny Brannigan Fuller um, in U- the U.K. Um, had a great shot. So thanks for sending that over from the U.K. Um, we had Preston Wood doing some track work, um, is what he says, just coming across the finish line of Western States. Get goosebumps from that. One of his pacers, Heather, from Rucky Chucky, uh, which is the river crossing there. Um, Garrick Aarons had a really nice one, too, um, again, from Lake Tahoe, Eagle Lake, um, standing out on a ledge. Be careful, man. Be careful. I uh, got one from Edmond, Alberta, from Stacy LeBlanc, um, kind of my scene. Got some, got some uh, trees, a lot of, lot of green, and a wooden bridge, which is pretty cool. Excuse me, Douglas Smith, City of Rocks in Idaho. Nice one there. Um, what do we got? Oh, here's one by Chris uh, Flandreau-Williams. Um, borrowed their son's dog, Coda. What a cute puppy. I love puppy pictures. They're, they're awesome. Um, what do we got? Uh, Corey Wolf again. Um, some pretty uh, wildflowers up in the mountains. Lori Sipa, um, exploring Boston. Storms coming in. That looks super rad. Jeremy Haddock had some good ones on Mount Fudd. Jason Child, Mystic Beach, British Columbia. That looks super sweet. Uh, Jeff Fulmer again, Alaska Basin, Wyoming. Um, Carla Nephew, pacing at San Juan. So it's another San Juan solstice photo we got in there. Missy Jackson in uh, California. That looks hot and dry, Missy. Yikes. Uh, Megan, and we'll get to you in a minute, Megan. Megan Flip Phone Martinez had some, a hidden peak in Red Pine. Um, always great photos. Christopher Fell in Germany um, at a Celtic stone wall. Uh, so we're getting some, a lot of international going on. Um, Brooke Rowland Frost, Bryce Canyon, super pretty, um, but man, they just I just looked at it and got a bead of sweat off my forehead. Steve Page in Edmonton River, um, Mark Gillespie, that looks super rad. Mark in New Zealand, and I'm not. It's a I'm going to pronounce these for fun. Waka, what? Let's see, Waka, Waka Rewarens. So never mind. I'm not going to rewear. Never mind. It's in New Zealand either way. <laughs> he slaughtered that one really bad. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, Andrew uh, Giles taking a photo. Someone took a picture. Steve Page took one of him taking a photo, so that's great. Um, Paul Reynolds, 54-miler uh, in the Catskills in New York. That's awesome. I love these places, everybody. Thank you so much for sending them in. Um, Aaron Hill, Clayton Peak. Uh, this week's winter, though, um, it was tough, man. There's some really, really good ones. But, as again, it's my turn to pick, and the way I see things is, like, I want to be there right now. And not that none of, like, these other places I didn't. This week's winner took one, nine days of trail running in the Pacific Northwest. And we've already said that's my sweet spot. Um, uh, this one is from Mount Rainier National Park along the Carbon River Trail. Um, 800-year-old Douglas firs, and just and they, they put the lushness of this region is unreal. I've never run in so much green. And Martin uh, Schneekloth, and I apologize if I got your name wrong. Um, I agree. I mean, that's just gorgeous. So, Martin, you're the winner of this week's Woody Footy. Where'd your feet take you? So go ahead and email me, manners at trailmanners.com, and uh, I'll get your prize pack out to you because that is... It's insane. You all see it. Um, it's a great shot. Thanks again for everybody putting their pictures through. Um, they all are amazing, so thank you. Um, we did have one Ask Trail Manners question this week. And I'll, and Joel's not here, but I'll go ahead and answer it because he doesn't talk about it as much. And I think all the listeners know this is one of my problems. And so 
I'll just I'll approach it. Uh, here's here's the email, Eric. And this was a this was on, and I apologize, I missed this. This was a post on our website, um, but I'm going to answer it here. So I'm sorry I missed this earlier. Eric, no recent words from you on the dreaded nipple chafe. I am still a sufferer and wait with bated breath <laughs> weekly for some more wisdom. Are you? Or are you not the self-proclaimed world's most knowledgeable nipple-chafing expert? Um, with the generally higher humidity and moisture on the Beast Coast, millions of us Beast Coasters need your help here. Well, first of all, I, I, I don't know if I'm self-proclaimed world's most knowledgeable. I try to. I try to gather as much knowledge as I So maybe I'm a, a scholar of the nipple-chafing, right? Like I, I want to learn more. Because it is it is serious. So I would approach this by saying, "Hello, my name is Eric, and I have a nipple chafing problem." So some of the best advice I've got, and there's so I use a 3M tape right now. It's super sticky. It does not come off. I let Jeff Hart try some, and it seemed to work for him as well. I do recommend that you shave all the uh, the uh, the area that needs to have the tape installed. Um, so if you're like a yak or, you know, something like that, you definitely need to shave because it, it you'll appreciate it later on. And I don't go shirtless ever, so having that area shaved is not a big deal. But uh, this tape, it's a 3M tape, and I, I don't have the name off the top of my head. Um, it's super sticky, does really well. And I did get a follow-up email by the individual that gave me the information that there's one just like it with a smoother back. So the one I use, it's I don't say it's rough, but it's not completely smooth. And they said that they have heard people having problems of it uh, uh, doing stuff to their shirt. So when you look, you can see their shirt kind of, I don't know, pills up right there in that area. I have yet to have that problem with the one I use, but it's a 3M tape. It's clear, um, pore, P-O-R-E, I think is what it's called. Um, it's a 3M. You can get in a couple rolls in like the first aid section. I guess there's one that is a smooth back, um, which I would buy if I could find it, um, just to see what the difference is. But that's still the best I've seen. Um, they do have like nippies and you know these little discs that you put on. But to me, you can see them and they don't stay on as well. Um, they might stay on better again if you shave the yak off. You know all the all the uh, the fur. Um, but I think for me, I still like if I go on a shorter run where I know I'm not going to be out more than, say, 20 miles, um, I can still just throw on Squirrel's Nut Butter, right? It's got a, it's got the like antiperspirant stick to it, you know, quick little zing zing there. Don't have the problem. I haven't had, had the problem of really staining my shirts either. And I know there's some other products out there that people complain, which I have in the past, that stains that area. So it kind of looks goofy if you're at a running shirt to like the mall or to a stomp with your, you know, significant other. I wouldn't wear that. But uh, I haven't had the, the squirrel nut butter really have a problem with it uh, staining the shirt. But when I do go on a longer run so I don't have to reapply, if it's, you know, humid or you get wet or whatever, I slap some tape on there and I've never had a problem, seriously, with the 3M pore tape. So if other people have ideas, I'd love to hear them. It's okay. I won't say your name if you send it to me because I know some people are more sensitive to giving their name on such a crazy topic. But let's face it, if you have nipple chafing, your race can go bad pretty quick. Now, there's other places you can chafe. Don't get me wrong. Um, we've even had people call in and say to use like a man's type bra, which I haven't done, and I probably won't do because what I've got works for me. 
But I think that's my answer. So get some of that 3M tape. I guess there is some with a smooth back. Give that a shot as well if you can find that. Or, you know, Squirrels and Up Butter works for me. Um, Body Glide is stains. I know that from personal experience. I haven't really tried a lot of the other products because I'm, I'm hooked with uh, Squirrels and Up Butter. We are not sponsored by them. I do not get paid by them. Um, I just absolutely love their product and also the people involved. Um, you know, Thornley's just an amazing person. And so I love supporting grassroots, and I know they're growing, but I love supporting them. They do support us for the Trail Festival, but that's about it. So hope that answers the question. I know it's kind of long-winded, and those of you out there that don't want to hear about it, you can tune back in now um, if you tuned out. So we're going to jump into our last phase. So here we go. So the people that don't want to, that don't care about this, I totally understand, but it's uh, going to happen. So we're going to talk about the World Cup real quick. Because we are entering the round of 16, so now it's getting serious. You know, not that it hasn't before, but now it's it's go time. And so, those of you that aren't familiar with it, or those that are, there are um, eight groups of four. And we started a few weeks back before the cup started, and I says, all right, here's my top two. And right now, I am only missing one. So um, there's still games going on to to get through, and it's only Group H with Poland, Senegal, Colombia, and Japan that I'm off. But otherwise, let's see, one, seven, let's see. Yeah, so I've got two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen. I've got 13 out of 14 correct so far out of my advancing. The only one I missed, which... Still makes me mad because my favorite team is Germany, and they did not deserve to advance. They just looked horrible. So they didn't advance. Um, it was Mexico and Sweden out of that group. I had Germany and Sweden, and I was literally one goal away uh, for a while there of being correct. But, you know, the Germans let me down, so whatever. Go go get a new coach and figure it out. Uh, but otherwise, I've got them right. So Group A, you have uh, Russia, Uruguay. Group B, Portugal, Spain. C, France, Denmark. D, Argentina, Croatia. E, Brazil, Switzerland, F, um, again, uh, Mexico, Sweden. Group G will be Belgium and England, but they have not figured out, as I'm recording this, who's going first or second. And as I mentioned before, Group H, Poland, Senegal, Colombia, and Japan um, are the last group. So second round matches to date, and this is without four teams because the last two groups on their placing. So on one side of the bracket, you have Uruguay, Portugal, Um I'm going to throw my pick out now, and I really will go with Uruguay. I think Portugal was pretty fortunate they advanced still, and I didn't like them from the word go, um, but I let them through. Um, so Uruguay will beat Portugal. France-Argentina I think is going to be an interesting game um, just because France has not been playing well. Or obviously Argentina hasn't been playing well, but the Argentinians have Messi, and those that don't like Messi – I don't know why, um, but he's got a, I don't know. I don't like Maradona after this, but I will pick France. I'm going to pick them to go through. Um, they have such quality if they can put it together. Brazil, Mexico, I'm going with Brazil. I don't think Brazil's played well yet, but I think Mexico showed some flaws in the game against Sweden, and they lost a couple players to cards for the next round. Um, I know their left back is out being stupid, picking up his second card, and uh, I'm going to go with Brazil. On the other side of the bracket is where it gets a little interesting. So we have Spain and Russia. Now, all accounts, everybody would say Spain. I should say Spain, and I probably will at the end of the day. 
But the first two games, Russia looked good. The third game, they didn't, but they already knew they were through, so they kind of rested Golovin and a couple of their other players. And you know how it goes. They probably chilled out a little bit, had too much vodka. I wouldn't be surprised with a Russia upset. Now, saying that, Spain could win 4-0, but I wouldn't be surprised with a Russian upset. I'll go with Spain just because I'm going to be safe. But, again, I would not be surprised if Russia went through. Next would be Croatia-Denmark. I'm torn on this one. I think Croatia plays well when they want to. Denmark, spurts. um, Man, that's a tough one. I'm going to come back to that one. I haven't decided. Sweden-Switzerland will be my favorite game out of the ones I've just said because I like Sweden. Switzerland, I dig what they're doing. I'm going to go with the Swiss over Sweden. And I will go Croatia over Denmark. Oh, that was a tough one, just because uh, they got a couple dudes that I think can, can make it happen, Captain. Um, so the other one's going through. Belgium and England are going through from Group G. And I think whoever takes second, so they play to, to basically today. I'm recording this Thursday morning. Um Belgium, England play, and they play, whoever wins goes through as the first seed. Well, if you're first seed, you go over to the side with Brazil, Mexico, France, Argentina, Portugal, Uruguay. I think that is by far the toughest bracket. So if they win the next round, they would play probably Brazil. If they get through, they're going to get either Argentina, France, Portugal, Uruguay. So I think winning first, as cool as that sounds, first in your group, I think that's the harder route. So that's going to determine a lot. But I think, personally, I think Belgium could beat England if, they wanted to. Like, if they were playing full strength, both of them, Belgium right now is my hot team. So they would go through at number one, which would put them most likely up against Brazil in the next round. Um, England on, would be on the easier side, in my opinion, and they would start the game with most likely um, Poland, Senegal, or Japan, Colombia, those four. Uh, right now, Senegal and Japan are tops of the group, um, depending on what happens. I'm watching the senegal Colombia game right now in the 30th minute, so it's 0-0. And I'm going to switch over because I have the fancy remote here in front of me. And I will check the score of the Japan-Poland. And that game is at 0-0. So I don't know what's going to happen there, folks. But that's my picks. We'll go to the next round. I think we'll have time to preliminary the quarterfinals after the round of 16 next week's show. But I'd love to hear your input. I, uh, I really would, just because... I would. I just really would. Like, really, really would. You know what I mean? So, I think that's it for this week. I um, appreciate you listening. Sorry it was just me again. I know that's probably not as fun for you out there. It's not as fun for me either, for what it's worth. Um, but we appreciate you listening to the show. We appreciate your support. And if you ever want to shoot us an idea of a show, if you want to be on the show, if you're coming through the Ogden area and you're not from around here and want to run with us or get on with us, let me know. And if you're in any of these locations I mentioned before are going to be there, you know, Beaverhead, um, Silverton, down at the Hard Rock, uh, Putts, Elva Carroll. I'm probably, Joel's not coming to Elva Carroll now, um, but I sh- will probably be coming up anyway. So if you're there, I'd love to sit around. I've got four mics, access to four mics, so me and three others, and we can even pass one or two around if we get more people to show up. Just do a roundtable, have some fun, meet each other, and put some shows together. So if you're in those areas, please let me know. And then lastly, I'm going to do a shameless plug because I've been asked this week, um, this past week, three or four emails. We don't do Patreon, and that's where you get a lot of, I don't know, 
donations monthly. Uh, we don't do Patreon. We're not real big in asking for money. Um, it does help because we do have some bills. So you can, instead of Patreon, you still can do our donate button on our website. We do have a couple people that have done the PayPal where it just comes out once a month, which is basically what Patreon is. Uh, Patreon, I know you get a few more perks, things like that. Um, but yeah, if you want to, you're more than free to donate. Um, you can do that on our website one time if you want to just do one time or you can do a recurring one. So I hope that answers the question about Patreon and how we do things here. And then we also obviously do sponsorships. Um, I know some people don't, and that's fine, but we do um, because it sure helps. But we only do sponsorships for things we believe in and things we use, um, which makes it a little bit better than, you know, talking about. I can't even come up with something I don't support. the Hillshire Farms, but I love their little sauce, smoky sausages. So that would be a cool sponsorship too. But, yeah, I think that's it for this week. Hope you uh, enjoyed the show. I hope you go back and listen to the show we did with Preston last uh, Tuesday. Hopefully this next week we'll be back with uh, Harrison Fluman on his um, preparation for the Bigfoot 200. Um, if you have any questions you want me to ask him, uh, get those to me within the next day or two because I'll be sitting down with him on Sunday. He's training hard for his first 200-mile race, the Bigfoot 200, so we'll, and we're really hoping he does well there. And then we've got another, a lot of great shows coming up because we'll be on the road in all these fun locations. So uh, thanks again for listening to the podcast. Thanks for all your support. Thanks for everything. Send us your questions for Ask Trail Manners, and you guys have a wonderful day.